Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for February 11th, 2024. It is the last Sunday of Epiphany. Join in our call to worship. We who have come to follow Jesus hear his voice, calling us to be apart for a little while. We will listen and follow and open ourselves to new visions. The one who leads us will reveal to us who he is. May our hearts be open to God's bright glory, shining in the face of Christ the Son. Mighty God, stay with us always, not only in our worship, but as we share the risk and challenge of living our faith. By your powerful Spirit, turn our fear to courage. Your glory shines in the face of Christ. Shine in our hearts and lives. May your name be praised 
glorious God. Amen. today is from the new book by Kate Bowler, Have a Beautiful, Terrible Day. It is entitled, Honest Faith. God, I am disappointed and embarrassed at what people get up to in the name of religion. My heart is thirsty for a faith I can trust, and I mean that. I don't trust the cultural scripts that turn religion into any game where somebody wins and somebody loses, and there is the strong scent of the entrepreneur. Somebody is selling something. And from the recesses of my mind, from some very early encounter, 
I think I must have met the real you, God, that somehow I met goodness so pure it settled my heart to understand trustworthiness of a majestic and stature that thereafter I could accept no counterfeits. God, come and show yourself again. Show me faith that cannot be faked. Let me see you in the loveliness of others, living out their faith so genuinely, so honestly, that you shine through. And if I can't get all the theology right, let me not worry too long. I suspect you'd rather I live honestly by the light of what I know to do that looks most like you, and keep quiet about the rest. Amen. Our scripture today is Mark 9, 2-10. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen, until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead could mean. Transfiguration And now we come to the end of the season of Epiphany. If a church follows the Revised Common Lectionary, as I do most of the time, the last Sunday in Epiphany is always Transfiguration Sunday. The Transfiguration is a kind of time between times. We are leaving Epiphany behind with Christ's revealing Himself through calling, teaching, healing, and doing His earthly work, and we are not quite at the season of Lent with its consideration of Christ's suffering, his life, death, and resurrection. The disciples who followed Jesus up that mountain must have felt that they themselves were in a time between times. There they were, following Jesus up a mountain as they had done many, many times before, their feet on a dusty path and the sun beating down on their backs. Maybe they wondered why they were climbing to a place apart from the other disciples. Maybe they didn't. But then, suddenly, they were in a place not quite earth, not quite heaven. 
Jesus was transformed before them into a shining one. His face shone like the sun, and his garments became a dazzling white. He did not look like the Jesus they had been following for these three years, the one they knew so well. And not only that, but other shining beings were there with Jesus. Somehow, they knew they were seeing Elijah and Moses, although how this could be they could not tell. Elijah and Moses had been long dead. The disciples must have wondered what was going on, because they absolutely had never had an experience like this before. They had stumbled upon, or had been led to, a liminal space, the uncertain transition between where they had been and where they were now going. They were standing on the threshold of a new life, although what that new life would be was still a mystery to them. Liminal spaces are good spaces, yes, but they can make us feel completely overwhelmed, confused, and uncertain. And it was the same with the disciples. They had no idea what was going on, and it honestly was pretty scary. So Peter did what Peter did best. He opened his mouth to say the first thing that he thought of, the very first thing that popped into his head. Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Maybe Peter thought this moment would last. Maybe he honestly thought that Jesus would live on that mountain with Moses and Elijah, or maybe he was thinking of a way to memorialize this event, the way humans erect statues or put up plaques to commemorate historic events. But actually, Peter was speaking out of turn. He did not know what to say for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to Him. Suddenly they looked around. They saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. The moment was over. And isn't this the way things are? We can have beautiful experiences, wonderful moments, but they do not last. They are over in a heartbeat. I know, having been in a few performances at Community Players, that closing performances can get pretty emotional. The players may be crying backstage, trying not to smudge their makeup, trying not to let their voices break as they utter their last lines because they have worked so hard to make something of value, a thing of beauty, a fine experience for themselves, their castmates, and the audience, and soon it will be over. It will never be the way it was ever again. You can't get it back again. Peter and James and John Ordinary People caught up in extraordinary events. 
privilege to see the glory of God with their mortal eyes. And sometimes we too are privileged to see that glory as well. Where is it? Reverend Brian Cole says that this glory is in the world that God has made, and it has been placed in us. According to Frederick Dale Bruner, the purpose of our lives is to remove the veil from the Father's face and to display something of God's glory to the world. It should no longer be necessary to ask the purpose of life. The purpose of life is the glory of God. That glory is in the turning around of one bound for disaster. It is in the embrace of a friend. It is with the family that waits around the deathbed of a loved one. It is with the mother of the disabled child who finds strength for the next five minutes. As Reverend Cole says, as long as ordinary people continue to do ordinary things, the Christ will be present as well. As long as birth and death and hope and despair and courage and fear and faith are numbered among our belongings, then the glory of the Lord will never leave us. In C.S. Lewis's sermon, The Weight of Glory, he suggests there are no ordinary people. Rather, he says, it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit, immortal horrors and everlasting splendors. In the midst of Christian neighbors, Lewis goes on to say, We move among those who bear the mark of the Christ, the glorifier and the glorified, glory himself, who is truly hidden in them. May we, who are ordinary immortal beings, grasp those moments of glory, however fleeting, Let us share them with one another and with the world, because as the disciples saw in that momentary glance, there is more to the world than what we can see. There is more to those around us than what we can tell. There is more. There is so much more. I will close with the beautiful poem, Transfiguration, by Malcolm Geit. For in that one moment, in and out of time, on that one mountain where all moments meet, the daily veil that covers the sublime in darkling glass fell dazzled at his feet. There were no angels full of eyes and wings, just living glory full of truth and grace. The love that dances at the heart of things shone out upon us from a human face. And to that light, the light in us leaped up. We felt it quicken somewhere deep within. A sudden blaze of long-extinguished hope trembled and tingled through the tender skin. Nor can this blackened sky, this darkened scar, 
eclipse that glimpse of how things really are. Let us pray. O God, let us see your glory. Let us look beyond the everyday to the eternal. And may we never fail to listen to your beloved Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Benediction. 
that when glory comes, we will open our eyes to see it, that when glory shows up, we will let ourselves be overcome not by fear, but by the love it bears, that when glory shines, we will bring it back with us all the way, all the way, all the way down. Amen.